This message comes from NPR sponsor, Progressive, and it's Name Your Price Tool. Say how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show coverage options within your budget. Visit Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Today on the show, my husband wrote a book. It's 80 chapters long. Do I have to read it? Dear Life Kit. Dear Life Kit. Dear Life Kit. Dear Life Kit. I have a question for you. This is Dear Life Kit, a new special series from Life Kit and NPR. How can I become a better caretaker? How do I deal with my parents' unrealistic expectations? And we're getting personal. I'm catching feelings for someone, but they're married. I'm your host, Andy Tagle. Every episode will answer one of your most pressing and intimate anonymous questions. To do that, we've handpicked an expert to talk you through all the nitty-gritty details. There's a way to be direct and nice. That's today's expert, Keandra Jackson. Keandra is an award-winning speaker and licensed marriage and family therapist. Her work has been recognized by the NAACP as well as Beyonce. Today, she's going to help us move some tricky communication problems to the left, to the left. Stay tuned. This message comes from NPR sponsor, Progressive Insurance, where drivers who save by switching save nearly $750 on average. Get your quote at Progressive.com and see if you could save. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. National average 12-month savings of $744 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2022 and May 2023. Potential savings will vary. Support for NPR and the following message come from our sponsor, Whole Foods Market. Host a celebratory brunch for less with 365 by Whole Foods Market. Featuring wallet-happy finds like cold smoked Atlantic salmon, mini quiches, organic everything bagels, and more. Plus, visit the floral department and jazz up your table with a beautiful bouquet of big, bright, sourced-for-good flowers. When the brunch has to be perfect and delicious, go to your local Whole Foods Market. From your car radio to your smart speaker, NPR meets you where you are in a lot of different ways. Now we're in your pocket. Download the NPR app today. Okay, so before I get to today's question, Kendra, I have to ask, have you ever lied to someone you love to protect their feelings? I absolutely have lied to someone (laughs) to protect their feelings. I mean, I would be a liar if I said that I didn't. I think sometimes the truth can be a little bit harsh. And so sometimes I have to dial back on that to protect other people's feelings. Absolutely. Also guilty. Okay, Kendra, here is our question. Dear Life Kid, my husband wrote a novel he's publishing this year. It's 80 chapters long. I've tried to read it a bunch of times, but I can't stand his writing style. I know I need to try to find something good to say. And I need advice fast because he's already working on a sequel. Signed, Novel Novice. (sighs) Novel Novice, what a dilemma. Keandra, my knee-jerk reaction to this question is big cringe energy for everyone involved. Uh, Initial thoughts, feelings for us? Yeah, you know, I can see it from both perspectives, to be honest with you. And so it's always an accomplishment to write a book of any sort. But Mm -hmm. we have to realize, too, that everyone likes to read books very differently. And so maybe, you know, that person who is struggling with reading her partner's book 
maybe her partner's writing style is just not for her. And so instead of thinking that it might hurt their partner's feelings, I think the best thing to do is just be honest and say, you know, I would love to support you. I would love to be with you on this journey. Unfortunately, your writing style is very different than what I prefer. And I'm wondering if there's another way that I can support you instead of her pushing through, you know, and trying to read 80 chapters, which is a lot, by the way, and not having anything good to say and prolonging the process. So I'm just wondering if there's other ways that their partner can feel supported. Mm. Yes, great advice. And, and brings us to to the bigger questions at work here, right? So uh, an interesting part of this dilemma is what you're talking about, the choice between giving people we love frank and honest feedback, or maybe, you know, holding back at times, pulling punches to, to spare their feelings. How can we draw that line? You know, is there a happy medium? You give us some language we can work with in this situation. But in general, um, when we come up across these situations, how can you discern what's the right thing to do? You know, it's always difficult to try to figure out when do we, you know, give the harsh and critical feedback or when when do we save that information? But I like to go with the old school saying, like, honesty is still the best policy. Mm. I know that it might feel painful or it may not be well received in the moment, but most people can appreciate honesty. And so if you're going to give someone some type of critical feedback or constructive criticism, I like to use what we call like the hamburger method or the sandwich method. And so that means you typically start with something positive, something happy, something good about the process. Then you kind of have, you know, the not so good constructive information in the middle. And then you end with something that is positive, right? And typically that's a little bit more digestible for people to receive. Yeah, that's great advice. Um, another question here is about the, you know, the expectations, maybe sometimes the unset expectations between partners, between spouses. Uh, my question for you, Kendra, is what do spouses owe to each other? Yeah, relationships are also different and complex, and that needs to be defined by both individuals. So that might be for some couples, yes, I have to be everywhere you are. I'm at your plus one. (laughs) You know, I'm reading all of your books. I'm supporting you in every single way. And for other couples, that might not be the expectation. But, you know, I love to go back to the communication piece, because if we don't talk about this from the jump, you know, that's when things can be misconstrued. So even before writing the book, you know, and going on this journey of being an author, that would be a conversation I would have with my partner, like their level of expectation for this, Mm. because sometimes the hurt is really just an unmet expectation. Mm, Yeah. Uh, I'm hearing there that all people are different people, all relationships are different relationships, but you have to talk about it. You have to say where you're at and, and express your needs. You absolutely have to talk about it, you know, and if you don't, that is where questions like this, you know, can come into play and it gets a little, a little tricky because you don't want anyone to feel unsupported or unloved in a relationship. Yeah. Um, Final question on this, Kendra, do you have any last thoughts or template language, any really off the wall or creative solutions for this particular problem? Um, It reminds me of this time on Seinfeld when George couldn't make it through a book, so he read the book on tape. I can't read books anymore. Books on tape have ruined me, Jerry. I need that nice voice. This book has my voice. Any thoughts there? Ooh, I love that. You know, that's the cool part about technology these days is that there's different ways to read books, you know. So sometimes you may not be able to get through someone's writing style. So I would encourage that person to try to find a different mode to receive 
or to read the book and also even talk to their partner about, oh, I may not be able to get through 80 chapters, but I'll try to get through the first 10, you know, and see if there is progress that can be made there. So I would say a different mode of digesting the book and also coming to some type of happy medium if possible. Hey, husband, do you have some cliff notes for me? (laughs) (laughs) I love that cliff note version. (laughs) I actually have a friend who just wrote a book and her husband has not read the book to date. And her, her book has been out for months. And at first I thought it was weird. And then I was like, you know what? Like if it works for their relationship and she's not upset about it, why should other people be, you know? And so it just all depends on everyone's specific relationship and what is the expectation there. Mm. Okay. So to answer our question at the very top, do I have to read it? I don't say she has to read it. I mean, it seems like she's already making made an attempt, which is great. You know, she's not saying she doesn't want to or never will. So she's already making a really great effort in trying to do that. But I know from an author's perspective, I would probably want my partner to at least read a few chapters to give me some type of feedback and to support me as well. So I would say try. Try. <laughs> do you try. have to read it? Just try. Maybe not the whole thing, but you should find a way to support him. Absolutely. Find other ways to support him. That was marriage and family therapist, Keandra Jackson. At the end of every show, we ask our experts for the best piece of advice they've ever received. Here's what Keandra had to say. The best advice that I ever received was the hate will come at the same rate as the love. There will always be people who are so dissatisfied with themselves that they have to project that onto other people. And instead of trying to focus on the bad things, the negativity, I tend to try to put more energy on the people and the things that are showing me love, support, and good energy. If you've got a question for us, you can find the Dear Life Kit submission page at npr.org slash dearlifekit. We'd love to hear from you. And if you love LifeKit and want more, subscribe to our newsletter at npr.org slash newsletter. This episode was produced by Beck Harlan, Vanessa Handy, and Sylvie Douglas. Bronson R. Curry is the managing producer, and Megan Kane is the supervising editor. Alicia Zung produces the Dear LifeKit video series for Instagram. I'm Andy Tagle. Thanks for listening. Support for NPR and the following message come from the American Cancer Society. Dr. Alpa Patel leads a team that researches cancer risk factors, and she shares how a new study aims to impact an underrepresented community. My greatest hope for the Voices of Black Women study is that it will help us understand and identify culturally tailored ways to change and really eliminate the unacceptable disparities for future generations of Black women as it relates to cancer. To learn more, go to voices.cancer.org. Support for NPR and the following message come from Indeed. You're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. Get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash LifeKit. Terms and conditions apply.
With NPR Plus, there's more to hear, like extended interviews with some of the experts we talk to at Planet Money and The Indicator. It's a mistake for economists to only think about economic efficiency when considering policies because you'll actually wind up with a worse outcome. And with NPR Plus, you help keep NPR going. Learn more at plus.npr.org.